You're listening to Bodyful, a podcast that explores the wonder and complexities of living in this human form and how we can engage in an ongoing practice of bodyfulness to become more fully at home in ourselves and in the interconnected web of Gaia, the living earth. I'm your host, Valerie Martin, and I'm the founder of the Gaia Center for Embodied Healing, where we support folks in their growth and healing work with somatic psychotherapy and embodiment practices. We hear all the time about the importance of being mindful, and it's time to invite our bodies to the party. Welcome to Bodyful. Hey friends, welcome back to Bodyful. Hope you're all doing well. I have a lot of exciting things that are going on. On top of right now, I'm just looking out the window in my office, which we're very fortunate that our windowed offices look out across a big line of trees, kind of at the edge of a neighborhood. Um, And they've gone from naked branches to all these beautiful shades of green just in the past several weeks so that's always such a wonderful thing to see this time of year and all of the powerful metaphor that is springtime so just enjoying that and I was debating do I want to share about some of the other things that I've um, been thinking about and had going on recently or do I want to share that for a solo episode and I think I may share it for a separate solo episode so be on the lookout for that. And for now, we will just jump in to our guest. I had the most fun talking to Ben. Um, He's just an incredible person. Like, I honestly didn't know really what to expect. I was impressed by his email. And I told him when I first got sort of the, the pitch for the podcast that his, not only was uh, is he just a better fit than the vast majority of pitches that I get, but also he clearly took the time to listen to some episodes and mention some specific things that was like, you know, that, that was very strategic, <laughs> but also felt really genuine. So um, I didn't know Ben at all, but very quickly during our conversation, um, he just is a really really genuine person and I just felt really connected and safe in his presence so can't wait for you to meet him Um, let me tell you a little bit about Ben Monday Ben is a body-oriented coach supporting women in conscious impact businesses that will make more sense when (laughs) you hear Ben and I talk he guides his clients to reconnect with the wisdom of their bodies to build confidence and trust, increase career fulfill- fulfillment, tackle bold transitions, and a variety of other leadership and team challenges. Heralding originally from the English countryside in a physical world of boys and men, through a career in the fashion industry, Ben saw firsthand the experience of women working in corporate environments and the very real struggle within the masculine structures of hierarchy. Ben is passionate about raising up the empowerment of women and believes that many of the challenges we face as a global community need a new introduction of the feminine energy to rebalance our society for future future prosperity for all. Yes, preach. And Ben's work is rooted in body-oriented approaches, blending movement, postural alignment, and inner somatic exercises to bring light bulb moments through the body during sessions. 
Um, Ben has personal interests of yoga, body work, running, travel, public speaking, conscious dance, and meditation that he brings into his work. And like I said, I just know that you're going to love him. His website is benjmonday.com, and that's Monday with a U, benjmunday.com. And you can also find Ben on Instagram at ben.j.monday. And again, that's with a U. As always, you can find show notes for this and other episodes at GaiaCenter.co. That's G-A-I-A Center.co. I hope you enjoy this conversation, and I'll see you on the other side. Thank you so much for having me, and I'm really looking forward to spending some time with you. Me too. It's already been just so lovely chatting with you for a few minutes uh, before pushing record. And and Ben is on a an abnormal computer because your computer was assaulted by a curtain rod and exploded. I can't believe you've given me away already. This is the kind of uh, the bit behind the scenes at the opera that no one sees about. And it was like, just keep going. And no, it's it's kind of good to share. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Life is happening and we're always having to adjust accordingly and regulate ourselves. Yep. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. I totally felt very kind of triggered by it very quickly. And all of a sudden it was like, this really isn't the end of the world. And there are plenty of places to kind of work around it. Mm, Absolutely. So before we jump into the conversation, we'll spend a few minutes just landing together. So for folks listening, as always, if you're in a space, um, not driving where you can, uh, close your eyes or soft gaze with us. Wonderful. Otherwise just listen along and be safe. So just allow your eyes to be heavy. Notice the surface underneath you. Notice the natural rhythm of your breath. And just becoming aware of what you're holding here in this present moment. Any, any thoughts? going through the mind, any emotions, sensations in the body, any places in the body that are wanting to move a little. Whatever is arising on this particular day, in this particular moment, just allowing it to be here. Maybe being curious. And just taking one more full breath into the belly 
fully exhaling. When you're ready, just coming back. And Ben, I would love to hear just a little bit about what you noticed in checking in with yourself just now. I'm always delighted to be led by something mm. and given the opportunity just to, you know, pause and stop and kind of look inwards. The complexity, there's this beautiful complexity and simplicity I feel around the body that kind of the deeper the layers you go, the more interesting and uh, beautiful and mixed with this kind of evolutionary oh, processes ah it's mm. it's really lovely so I, I feel but I also then have my kind of like my heart's a bit kind of beating and, and I can feel that as well and I can feel the warmth and I'm always really grateful to kind of put my feet on the ground so mm. um yeah just just a lovely opportunity to dive in really mm -hmm. beautiful thank you and and I thought a place that would be interesting to start, um, you shared something in sort of the, the questionnaire that I send to folks before they come on that was so lovely and, and really, I think, speaks to just how you kind of move through the world and, and your life and your work um, uh, about what sort of your day looks like and, and how you kind of conceptualize that through, through the body and through movement. So I'm just going to read this little sentence or two here, and then I would love to, to kind of chat about it a little bit. So you said, uh, my day starts with either yoga or stretching, continue coming back through the day of grounding physically into my feet and the floor down regular walks forward during the day to see light nature outward and the loftiness of the sky up reading with a hot tea in the comfortable chair back and finally i'll finish the day with a 30 minutes of zen meditation center so those words as i was reading them those kind of directional words are all bolded and i'm just you know that reading that was so cool to to, to just hear how you how you frame that so i'd love to hear like where did that come from? Have you always thought that way? Or is that like a really intentional thing that you've kind of developed as you've learned about how somatic and, and the body works? It was the second. I certainly yeah. didn't. Um, um, I definitely have a very kind of unembodied family um, through the process of kind of learning and um, the trainings and the understandings and the interests, this idea of we're either kind of moving into the world or kind of away from it, whether we're kind of in our own space or we're kind of more outwardly relating to other things. And I think that through the somatic work, there came a level of sensitivity to just trying to feel what is it that my body is well, how is that initial reaction to things? Is it something that, oh, I really want that and therefore I kind of reach out mm. and grab it and <laughs> the first thing that comes to my mind is like a piece of chocolate cake. 
Mm-hmm. Or is there an experience when I walk into a room with somebody that I may be difficult with and I absolutely move back away from? And the idea of grounding down into the into the earth to kind of be a bit more settled, be a bit more kind of um, uh, quieter, a bit more present versus up and out and interacting and collaborating. And um, there is a, a very nice embodied practice called Uzazu. Mm-hmm. And it's the work of a gentleman called Dylan Newcomb. And Uzazu, U-Z-A-Z-U, is the shape of the body as we make these sounds. So there's a Uzazu. And he teaches this beautiful um, modality or methodology that Mm. talks about whether we're kind of going into life or kind of taking some time for ourselves. Inwards, outwards relating, are we going down into sensing or are we moving up into feeling, sorry, up into action? Mm -hmm. And just really understanding and having that as a very simple kind of framework allows me to be more conscious of either the things that I'm I'm meeting with and relating Mm -hmm. with or in myself, how do I want to be presenting myself? Yeah. Yeah. And even just hearing you and now I'm regretting that I'm, I mean, who knows, maybe I'll put up the video at some point for this conversation because just seeing you move through those kind of with the, with your arms, with the kind of gesturing is really powerful. Um, but just thinking about those, you know, the, the inward, outward, up, down, forward, back kinds of, it, it, makes me realize how almost simple, I mean, I get it, it's very nuanced, but, but there's almost a simple assessment that we could all do with ourselves to kind of go, okay, when I, when I think of those different ways of moving, um, are there any that I feel like I'm kind of deficient in, like I I'm, I'm not getting enough down. I'm not getting enough of that grounding or I'm not getting enough out. I'm it's, I'm a little too much in right now. And Sometimes it's, you know, I imagine completely fine and understandable for them to be imbalanced, um, that there's going to be more of one, less of another, but, you know, just looking at if, if I'm feeling off, I bet that I am not quite where I want to be with one of those, at least. Certainly. Absolutely. That, and, and that's really the assessment that mm-hmm. you can learn and then also at any point reflects upon. It's, am I giving out too much in the world? Mm -hmm. Am I always offering and giving and being of service to others and I'm feeling drained and exhausted? Well, when was the last time you stepped back into your own experience and just took time for yourself and read your book, had a bath, took some time for you, had a massage, any of those things that kind of feel a bit more kind of personal for your own experience before, you know, the, 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 classic is filling your cup right before you go Mm -hmm. back out into the world and you're you know you're there for other people when you're working and you're busy and and, um yes and again um yeah how that's kind of forward and backwards but also the kind of am i how much am i feeling you know in the body we talk about afferent and efferent information we generally feel in afferent information into Mm -hmm. the body and then we go 
do stuff. So really getting an idea of like, can I sense into this environment? And then can I go into action into this environment? Um, and yeah, am I, am I doing too much? Um, can I get the balance right? Or maybe where do I need to do more of to, to bring myself back into balance? Mm, I love that. So you mentioned a few moments ago, kind of coming from a, a family that was fairly disembodied. Um, tell us a little bit about your, your background and sort of the winding path that led you to doing this kind of work. Mm-hmm. I feel, I feel bad already. My, I guess, uh, consciously embodied would be the best way okay. to describe it. I was very lucky. Uh, I come from, uh, the countryside in, in the UK. Um, I grew up with three older brothers and two older stepbrothers, so I was the youngest of six. It, we were very physical, mm. sport, um, mm. climbing trees, jumping over things, building camps, setting fires, lots of kind of action, being outdoors. Yeah. And we had a very, uh, we had a loving childhood. Yeah. Um, and there, but there was a very male yang energy mm-hmm. in the house. Uh, my mom also had two brothers. So there was a, I would say an offset, an unbalance of, of yang to yin energy, kind of don't show your emotion, be strong, put your head down and work hard and just keep on going, right? It's uh, just, just keep pushing forward. Fast forward 15 years, I wanted to go to art school, ended up going, went to fashion school and ended up being surrounded by 95% women. And I loved it. And I, uh, I really felt very comfortable there. I was a tailor dressmaker. So I was incredibly interested in the way that the body was moving and creating the clothes. I, the, the designer draws the pretty picture and then they gave it to me and I work out how you make it. So cool. it was about yes the kind of articulation of limbs and um yeah the shape and the form of the Mm. physical body and I was kind of promoted and moved up the hierarchy and um went through a few development courses and coaching classes and courses for my for my team and um really enjoyed being with the people and I realized that my values had changed from the, the clothes and the shopping to actually being with people and helping them develop. And so it just felt like a very nice transition. And I, as I said, I, being in fashion, it was very female dominated, watching both my managers, my direct reports or my kind of colleagues, how were they experiencing their work and, and how are they progressing and what held them back and what kept them moving forward and, mm-hmm. and what would help them move forward and what were they generally struggling with? And um, so it's, I've always been a very physical person from my childhood and then obviously kind of moving up. It was just moving into the, the almost the psychology and also the, mm-hmm. uh, the, the helping and the training and the coaching of, of people around me. And then I ended up here. Mm. I feel like that's such a useful distinction to make between, and that sort of, you know, brings us into the conversation of sort of like physical versus bodyful, 
versus mindful, right? That they all are a little bit different because we can be really physical. And, and I think that happens a lot in athletics, not to say that all folks who are in sports and athletics are not having like a truly embodied or bodyful experience. But I think a lot of times that piece is, is missing. It's often, you know, something we very much unlearn in our cultures because of how cognitive we are, um, or we're conditioned to be. And so, so it is very often that I feel like it's, you know, kind of like your experience growing up where it is very physical, but it's not necessarily, I'm not really experiencing all the layers of that and how it's, you know, just whole, the whole person side of it, all of the, how the pieces connect, it's just physical. So I, I wonder if you could describe your understanding of what the difference is between, between sort of being physical only versus bodyful and, and what is bodyful versus mindful? I'm going to do a terrible job of this. <laughs> well, we'll do it together. <laughs> In a way. And, and um, maybe to share with the listeners, as you said that you kind of moved from, from, from one side of like what is physical and then what's bodyful in the middle, and then on the other side, there's yeah. mindful. And that really is, you know, you have spoken in your own embodiment there, and I fully agree with that. On one side, there's this kind of physical, unmindful, um, we can be conscious, but unconscious of really what we're doing, how we're doing it, uh, and the impact mm -hmm. of what we're doing to ourselves and to others. Yeah. In the middle, or let's say on the other side, there's that mindful awareness of, ah, oh, like this is this is being really in the moment and being fully attached. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm feeling what I'm doing and or I'm thinking what I'm doing. I'm conscious mm -hmm. of what I'm doing. I'm, I'm really aware of that. Mm -hmm. And then and then the body bit, body full bit sits in the middle that is I'm really conscious of the way that I'm moving. I'm conscious of the way that I'm moving and I'm acting is impacting the things and the people around me. Mm. And I'm also incredibly, or I can be conscious uh, and aware of the things outside of me that are impacting myself. And really just to build on what you've said, because that, that the, the, the society of unlearning of we're kind of, we, champion the mind nowadays think faster think smarter think harder and we've become incredibly disconnected from our physical body that sits right here in plain sight and i don't want to bag out on technology or but <laughs> we have more sedentary life we are more behind computers than ever before um our levels of physical exercise are, are less and so we are we are having less opportunity to engage with this body mm -hmm. and 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 to the detriment i feel to our society that we have forgetting how to connect to ourselves and therefore we've, we're not able to connect to other people and um i think that's thing that's what i want to say that that mindfulness I think I think bodyfulness is they're, they're hugely connected, and I just mm. think that we can we can if we can bring more bodyful connectedness in it. Sometimes the mindfulness feels a little bit kind of an esoteric or elitist, whereas yeah, the body, yeah. we all have these bodies and we have these fingers and toes, and 
arms to hug and yeah. brains to think with and legs to jump and move. And um, there's a whole world of, of beauty, of opportunity, mm. of uh, possibility. And, um, and sometimes I've, I know in my own work, sometimes I've been stuck behind the computer and I've just felt stuck and mm. stiff and um, like like a battery running out of energy and juice. I'm, I, I, my creativity runs out and I feel yeah. tired, I'm, I'm crotchety. And I take myself out for a walk, I take myself out for a run or I go and meet someone to, to go swimming or do something. And all of a sudden, just by getting into my body, everything just starts to open up again. And I think the Eastern philosophy, they call it chi, right? That's kind of opening yeah. up flow in the body and, uh, and and just again coming back to that just being mindful or aware mm. bodyfulness of just this is a this is this is the home that we live in mm-hmm. and what you said a moment ago about just kind of feeling like you're a battery draining um one thought that was coming up to me as you were describing all of that it's almost like when when we're purely physical without the sort of bodyful uh, holistic awareness. It's sort of like, I think of when, when people are put, trying to make their body like almost like a machine, right? Like I'm going to perform, I'm going to hit these metrics. Like, I don't care how it impacts me. Like, I'm just like, I am a machine and I'm going to perform the way that I want this body to perform. And we can kind of fall into the same trap with our minds too, right? That it's like, we can, and And I think that while there might be some parallels that can make sense in terms of comparing the brain to a computer, all that psycho-cybernetics and all of that, uh, we obviously know there's limitations to that as well. Um, And if we expect our brains to function just like a computer, uh, that analogy falls apart because what both of those are missing is this like aliveness, right? That is part of like being animals, which we are, Um, and so that place in the middle of bodyfulness, I think just reminds us of our aliveness. And, and I also think, you know, kind of to what you're saying about mindfulness and, you know, it's not that mindfulness is bad by any means. It's just, to me, it's not the whole picture because like you were saying that sometimes it can be presented in ways that are a little esoteric. Sometimes it can be presented in ways that are in my perspective, almost vilifying of the body and of material, right. Of like, this is, this is garbage. I will discard it because who I really am is this like being of light and, and who knows, like, yeah, we are energy and matter. Um, and, and this is not just trash. Like this is very precious, this body. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Um, what comes up for me there is, is that, yeah, the separation that we have, between mind and body and you know, it's, it's all the same that our central nervous system includes our brain our eyes and our our spinal column and then obviously our peripheral nervous system that goes out to the ends of our fingers and the tips of our toes and i love this saying that i heard the other day um or uh, by a woman called amanda baker she says that we are a emotional and sensory antenna we have we from we are learning constantly from everything we're evolving every moment of every second. 
cells in us are, are 50, I think it's like 50 to 70 million cells are lost every single day. So we're evolving the whole time, but we're learning about ourselves, um, learning about our environments. And, and we do that through our whole system. Well, I think we've all walked into a room and we've felt something, whether it's the energy of somebody else, the energy of the situation, being really conscious of that, we are sensing that. Mm-hmm. And we need to look after this body because it does, you know, the mind and the body are connected. And, and if we don't look after this body, which I feel is sometimes like this patient friend that's just waiting for us and you know, mm-hmm. has been everywhere with us and knows all of our stories and knows all of our secrets. And if it only starts to play up, let's say, when we treat it very badly, when we kind of hurt ourselves playing sport or drink too much or eat terrible food or just don't look after our own energy levels. And our brain is this kind of kind of impatient, always judgmental, intense, um, kind of anxious, overthinking. And there's a there's a beauty for both, but we need to we need to bring both of them together and, and to celebrate them as a whole being. And um one last point I'll, I'll say to this which is people maybe we think that our brain is all about thinking and strategizing and and being super clever in cognition and it's not most of the neurons in our brain uh and certainly 80 percent of them in the cerebellum at the back are to do with coordinated movement it's to do with being able to coordinate movement sound vision so we can move and interact with the world which is why you will find that certain mindful movements and sports when we're able to combine both um, strategy and planning, but also um, exact movement, actually it's one of the best, most healing bits for the brain and really kind of shuts Mm -hmm. down a lot and just allows us to be. Um, Yes. Mm. Okay. One, one thought kind of in reflection to that. And then I want to ask you about feeling and sensing. when you said that about the body is this patient friend who's waiting for us. And sometimes we can sort of like, I can't remember the exact phrase you use, but you know, we can just ask a lot of it. I don't know if you're familiar with that children's book, um, the giving tree by Shel Silverstein. Oh, you'll have to look it up. It's, it's pretty big here in, in the States. Um, and it's supposed to be, I mean, the, the, the short version is like, this little boy who loves this tree, this apple tree in his yard. And, and he's like, Oh, I'm going to come and pick all your apples. I think it's an apple tree. And then he's like, Oh, now I need your branches. And the tree's like, Oh, I just love to give to you. Oh, now I need to cut down your trunk and build a house. And like, and then it's like him sitting on the stump and, and the tree's just like, Oh, I'm so grateful that I could give all these things to you. And, and now you're this happy old man. And, and so in recent years, it's sort of become a joke of like, wow, this is really codependent, right? Like this poor tree just got used up. And it's, so I kind of thought of that, like, wow, we treat our bodies like the giving tree. Like it's just, our bodies can, we just want more and more and more and more, more from our bodies. And like, what are we returning to them? So mm-hmm. that was just, that was a really, really interesting connection point um, that came up for me as, as you were talking. Yeah, lovely. No, really nice indeed. Yes. And, and, you know, you mentioned before about this kind of, we have this body and we should push and make and we should Mm -hmm. be a certain way. And we, you know, and, you know, it's just very kind of 
for what means are we? For what means do we need to be strong, big, buff, you know, these certain ways? There's kind of something else behind that and that kind of very yang kind of mechanistic kind of I will do this instead of this kind of more softer we're mm. part of nature so it's like yes we're meant to be moving forward but we're also meant to be take, taking a step back mm. we're meant to be doing and creating but we're also meant to be kind of feeling and receiving and again it's just this this balance getting that right I think is yeah so so tell us a little bit about you can tell us or you can walk us through it whatever makes sense to you um about the feeling and sensing that we were talking about before sure yes indeed um I'd love to give it a go with you sure so when I work with my clients at the beginning of the session, we'll take a few minutes just to drop in the space, a bit like you do with your lovely kind of intro and, and bringing this to your uh, to your listeners and just giving them just a couple of minutes and all of us just this beautiful opportunity just to kind of like, ah, oh, reconnect. And it's the same, or, or let's say similar. Mm-hmm. I call it, I'm feeling, I'm sensing. So I'm feeling uh, is about emotions. So I'm at this moment, I'm feeling happy. I'm feeling excited. I'm feeling great to be here with you. I'm feeling um, a bit nervous about what's what's going to happen, and um, and I'm and I'm feeling a bit hungry. You know, so these kind of basic emotions. And I don't say basic, but there are emotions that mm-hmm. basically um, paint a picture of our day, mm-hmm. of our experience. Underneath all of these feelings and emotions are sensations, mm-hmm. and sensation is the language of the body. And that is warmth, temperature, sorry, that's the same thing, temperature, pressure, and movement. And I do this with my clients to start building this vocabulary around their experience before they're starting to put um, any sort of story or narrative on top. A bit like you have a strange feeling in your stomach and all of a sudden you've, it's, it's something good. Therefore it's like, oh, I'm gonna go and do something. I'm gonna see my lover or, or a roller coaster or, or, oh, I have this feeling in my stomach and it's bad. Oh, it's anxiety. I'm gonna have to talk to my boss or um, you know, I've got a big deadline coming up. So I hope that explains and maybe I'll do it quickly because it's very, very simple, but really, uh, really very obvious when someone does it. Mm-hmm. So. Um, and then I'll, I'll offer it to you and invite you to have a go. So I am feeling good to be here. Uh, it's nice to spend time talking with, with like-minded people. I'm feeling excited about the Easter weekend and I have a friend arriving. And I'm feeling just happy at the moment with, with the way everything is going. And I'm sensing the softness of the shag pile carpet beneath my feet and the softness as it brushes against the bottom of my toes. I'm sensing the light pressure of my waistband of my trousers just on the left-hand side. I'm sensing the pull of my shirt just under my left elbow and I'm sensing that my shoulder wants to lift. Sensing just a very slight movement on the inside of my 
ribs that's this kind of curly shape, a bit like the kind of shaping of almost like what comes up to me is prawn shells, shrimp shells, <laughs> shrimp shells. Just sensing now just a, a warmth in the back of my spine at the bottom. Cool. And how about you? How are you feeling? Yeah. What are you sensing? And I'm going to close my eyes because I like to, sure. to imagine yeah. and um, to allow me to feel what you're feeling. Okay. I am feeling eager and excited. I've been sort of off my schedule of, of doing interviews and, and when I do them, it always makes me think, oh, I want to do more. Um, I'm feeling nervous, um, have a read through for a play that I'm going to be in later tonight is the first read through. Um, feeling hungry and just feeling grateful as I'm kind of surrounded by a space that feels really safe and um, safe and just affirming of who I am. And I'm sensing hmm, my the wood floor cool underneath my feet and noticing how I, I hadn't even been aware that I'm sort of curling my toes up onto the wall. Sensing my heart beating maybe a little faster than normal. Sensing sort of the rough edges around my fingernails and sort of the, <laughs> the pull to pick them away. And I'm sensing the firmness, solidness of my seat underneath me. Hmm. That is a, a really, or just a really special practice because I like how it's almost like it gives you permission that it's okay to be a little in the narrative to begin and then sort of invites you to just sort of let that fall away and notice the very, you know, foundational elements of sensing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, the foundational elements, I like that a lot. Yeah, it's kind of just, this is what's happening right now. And this is what is evolving and emerging in the body. Mm -hmm. And I always feel just incredibly at ease. And sometimes there can be some kind of strange sensations that kind of make me ask a few questions, but it's just an opportunity to allow what's there to be 
and also just to see what's kind of coming through and maybe you maybe you I can hear from my voice that it's just so much now lower and slower and just far more calmer. And mm -hmm. the question is from here, it's like anything is possible. So we can... <laughs> <laughs> Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, how am I feeling? Mm. Um yeah kind of kind of like the little like zend out a little bit not not like disconnected but just like that ah <laughs> reminds me of you were saying at the beginning that ooh, zas, ooh, ah. <laughs> kind of how i'm feeling yeah thank you for that oh, um you're very welcome and, and use it and and i invite all of your listeners to do that at any point you know it just as you saw it takes two or three minutes and just allows us to kind of cut away all the the story and the, and the um the judgment and just allows us to kind of go ah oh, mm -hmm. let's see so i would love to hear about i mean i imagine people listening can if they're kind of practicing along or even just listening, they can hopefully hear the value in doing this kind of um, exploration and intentional embodied practices. Um, but I would love to hear you talk about sort of like, why bring that into coaching, right? Because coaching is sort of the the channel through which you bring this work to people and, and coaching is often about helping, helping people either solve problems that they're coming up against, um, in their lives that are getting in the way of them achieving what they want to achieve or, or they're wanting to kind of break the sort of ceiling of that they've hit and, and achieve even more or different things. So tell me about sort of why you find somatic work so powerful in coaching yeah great um just as you were saying though it's just there were so many things that came to me i don't mm -hmm. trip over myself mm -hmm. um, really i think what first happened was that one of the days when i was coaching and training we did a exercise called future pacing now most coaching is Two people sat in two chairs talking around limiting beliefs, goal setting, six steps to get there. What can you do tomorrow to make a difference? Report back to me in two weeks. Mm -hmm. Now, we've already spoken around how our, our world, our society is so brain heavy, cognitively focused. And my clients are already thinking too much. There's just, there's just so much to deal with. Yeah, <laughs> putting your hand up. We all, we all. Yeah, and 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 hopefully we'll come back around to the idea around burnout. And, and my idea around burnout is mm. maybe I, I leave that for a moment. But this kind of cognitive load, this intensity mm. of like constantly having to hold things in your mind. So with the coaching, we did this thing called future pacing, where we got up out of the chairs and we we um, I got the client to walk twelve months in mm. sorry well, walk, walk a line say 10 feet in front of them and that was their 
12 months and they had achieved what they wanted to achieve and they closed their eyes and they were meant to uh, imagine themselves wherever they were and they could smell and touch and feel and who were they with and really kind of get a real feeling for, for, for yourself at this end goal. And then when they're there, you ask them to take a step back and say, well, what was the thing that had to happen so that could that event could take place? And so you get them to step back and then they, they feel into that. Oh, I'm here and I can see this person and, oh, and, and, and the color of the wall and it feels really good in my body. And, and I said to my trainer, what, what was that? And she said, that's future pacing. And I said, no, what is this, you know, inviting the feeling into the body, engaging the physical body in movement, feeling, sensing, imagination, she said, oh, that's somatic work. Ah, okay, great. So I retrained mm -hmm. somatic work. And then I went on a bit later on to do some embodiment work. So I used the three together. Cognitive to start with where we might be talking around what is it that people are facing and then into the somatic about how, how it's making them feel and then in the embodiment to move them forward. But what I found, and, and it's worked and it works great, is that when clients come into a session with me, we might talk about it. And then all of a sudden they're maybe they're, as you said, trying to break through that next promotion or, or glassing or um, trying to Im, Im, uh, get to the next level up. And there can be things around confidence and confidence in the body is this kind of, um, or a lack of confidence is this kind of mm -hmm. making yourself small, contracted, um, hiding shape. And so when we start to change that and evolve and, and, and expand and get bigger, we can start to use the body and it uses the same neural networks from our physical into our thoughts. You know, our, our thoughts impact our behaviors and our behaviors impact our thoughts. So just by changing the body, we can feel and we can evoke a new state. Or maybe somebody has got a really big project on and they don't know how to get through it. They don't know how to plan. Okay, well, if we can move the body in different ways, there's a wonderful exercise called Four Elements, and that uses air, fire, um, water, and earth. And so depending on how we move our bodies, like air might be all big up high, standing on our tiptoes, waving our arms around in the air and being like, what's the bigger picture? What's the creative bit? What's the fun bit that we can kind of get out of this project? And then we might kind of, go more into water, which is kind of connected to the ground and be a bit more smooth and wrap our arms around and be curly and smooth and soft and fluid and be like, what's creative? Like, who can we bring in and what can we let go of? And how can we make this fun? Mm. And a fiery bit might be kind of moving forward, you know, kind of standing with our weight on the front foot, getting very aligned, a bit like a warrior twos and kind of, right, when, how, who? when, how many, what, exact, 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 this, this, not that. And then maybe for the earth part of like really grounding down and getting very low, being very angular and straight, mm. starting to ask, what is the detail that I need? Mm. What are the fine, fine elements that I need to really be conscious of? How do I do this properly? And so by just moving our bodies and encouraging and inviting the client to move in different ways, we're starting to open up these different kind of states, feelings, and 
eventually insights and ideas. And that's what people want. Coaching is this kind of moving people forward. Now we might go back and kind of look at, okay, well, what are these limiting beliefs? So maybe we do some mm-hmm. somatic work with internal family systems or maybe some focusing, but really the idea of coaching and moving people forward is like, okay, cool. We want to go from A to B, but let's, let's use the wisdom of the body to get there. Now, it was Nietzsche that said, there's more wisdom in the body than there are in our deepest philosophies. Like, as I said, our bodies have been with us all of our lives. They know the answers of what we want and what's best for us. We just have to use it in a different way. And that's, that's how it is in, in my coaching. It's just guiding clients, inviting them to, to move in different ways, to take on a different posture, whether it's straightening the spine and lifting the, the chin above 15 deg- degrees above the horizon to get an overall picture of something. Or is it kind of making their body slightly smaller and lower to the ground and maybe kind of creating a channel between their face, their heart and their open hands to be more compassionate and listening, be quieter and, and, and be there for somebody else. So the, so the body has this wonderful ability to offer us what we need to know. We just need to understand through some tools and some techniques how to use it. And wow, you just get some incredible information, which a lot of the time just bypasses the brain. You know, it's just like, mm. it's here. Let's just, let's just use the body as a conduit and let's get it out. Right. And a lot of times when there are conflicting things in the head and in the body, the body wins a lot of the time, right? Because it's like, I think of, you know, when you mentioned kind of limiting beliefs, um, that's a thing that shows up a lot with my, I mean, myself for sure, but my therapy clients and the work that we do is like, well, intellectually, I know that I'm worthy of love, right? But because of the experiences that I've had and how those have sort of stuck in my body, I don't feel that I'm worthy of love. And Mm -hmm. so bridging that disconnect um, is often the thing that is preventing people from going where they want to go or feeling how they want to feel in life. And, 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 you know, you mentioned with coaching that it is often very, um, action oriented, future oriented, goal oriented. Um, and there might be times where you kind of look at some of the past influences, but I always think it's important to, to address, um, how do you sort of stay within your scope of practice and like knowing, like if things start to come up with one of your coaching clients around what you think might be say trauma stuff, Mm -hmm. how do you sort of, um, gauge when it's time to kind of suggest to the, to the client that, Hey, I think you might really benefit from doing some trauma therapy. And then we can either continue this process in tandem or, once you've kind of done some of that work? Yeah, uh, lovely. It's, it's a great question because um, we are a whole system and we are we hold both our stories and our trauma, whether big T trauma, small T trauma, but also, um, and, and, and that therefore easily accessible or it might come up. That really comes down to uh, being a professional and, and understanding the, the signs. Um, very early on within the coaching, there's always a level of 
um, learning about resourcing and learning how to ground, how to center, how to um, really start to understand and become aware of um, uh, hyper arousal or, or hyper arousal of the kind of triggering states. So I know you, you've had guests on before talking about the polyvagal theory and, and, and you know, we are going through these, these processes. When my clients start to feel uncomfortable, firstly, we have the, the, the language to, to share that. Um, and they have the tools then to, to regulate and at the, to bring themselves down to kind of um, to, to ground and to, to feel better. And yes, of course, if, if we're starting to open up things that are beyond my scope, which really do need a, a full professional therapist to go back into those um, or to work with those traumas, then of course that's for me to then hand over. And um, I have um, a few clients at the moment who are doing, as you say, in tandem, this with their therapist and this with their coaching. And we do work on different things, certainly. Mm -hmm. But I definitely, but they, I get the feedback that just the ability to reconnect with their body feels good. You know, it's like, I deal with my mental narratives all of the day. And so just moving in a different way, you know, we, we understand that through mindful movement, qigong or yoga, that the default mode network, that area of the brain is starting to be rep or not repressed, but more like mm. uh, less active and just gives clients just this kind of window of, ah, oh, you know what? I can, I can just not feel so anxious. But um, yeah, certainly it's, it's, it is, the body does hold a lot of the information. Um, and so we do have to be careful, of course, if we're going to start bringing things up, but yeah, we have, we have tools and, 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 and education to, um, to facilitate a, a safe and healthy yeah. uh, time together. Great. Yeah. And I think that, um, even if someone does end up recognizing through the process of doing that kind of somatic coaching that they're like, Oh, okay. There's some more stuff here that I may need to to do some therapy with, like you said, there's so much from the coaching process and, and so many, so many resourcing skills that they could gain in that, that are only going to support them if they ever choose to step into that other work, because, you know, so much of it, even for, you know, like a lot of the time when I'm starting trauma work with, with folks, we have to spend a lot of that time doing resourcing. And if they've already done some of that elsewhere, they, it's like, they have a head start in this process yeah yeah absolutely and and as i said i i other times um you're a recent um episode and you know you on your walk where you talk through the breathing processes you know those are such good resources for people to have and it doesn't need to be complicated you know just moving into the breath this voluntary um opportunity to kind of like directly access how am I breathing? Am I increasing? Am I decreasing? Am I double inhaling, exhaling? Um, those are huge. They are so powerful for people. And, and, and I try to say to my clients, it doesn't have to be complicated. It's mm -hmm. just like reconnecting. Um, it's touching something. It's, it's feeling a texture. Mm -hmm. it, it's difference between bottom up and top down. Our top down is the kind of, you need to feel like this, right? If someone tells you to be less stressed or yeah. just relax does not work. We can't <laughs> do 
Same with safety. We can't tell someone to feel safe. Uh -huh. You have to feel it. it. has to come from up, from the body, this afferent information, mm -hmm. all the way up. And that is orientating yourself into the space, whether it's mm -hmm. touching, feeling, smelling. Mm -hmm. um, Scanning. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, 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 and connecting with someone else's face. You know, that regulation, mm -hmm. that co-regulation we get from just seeing somebody's eyes, their mouth, their smile. You know, these, these are all really, really helpful and important tools which um, you can share with somebody and, and they're easy to understand. So um, they can be incredibly helpful. Yeah, beautiful. Well, I, I could talk to you for hours, but as we start to kind of wrap up the time we have together today, I would love to hear about sort of what you're offering now. And, and if folks are intrigued about maybe working with you or checking out some of your resources, um, what should they do? Great. Thank you. Yes. Um, I do work. I work one-on-one um, -on -one online. And if I'm, if you're within Germany or in England, I'm able to come in and do workshops with people to help them kind of reconnect and help, whether it's embodied leadership, um, whether it's um, co-regulation and team building, um, or if it's just kind of personal and professional work. And I, and I work with, I call them overthinkers to help them get out of their head. So things around confidence, self-doubt, self-esteem. Stop calling and me out, Ben. <laughs> um, no, I, I would love to I'd love to work we, we should work with each other I'd oh be, I know no more. Um, <laughs> and and so yes I, I encourage people to check out my stuff on my website that is nj the initial uh, which stands for James Monday m-u-n-d-a-y and from there when people there's a there's a pop-up that comes up and actually there's a there's a body orientated coaching guide and it explains a lot of what I've talked around today or we've spoken about together today talked about you know our busy world and the level of distraction the um yeah the intensity the kind of strain on our mental physical and emotional world and in there it kind of talks about interoception some of the tools that we've talked around today there's seven exercises in there which I would love for people to go in and try them and just give themselves these uh, it, there's some education in there, just just these very simple tools that they can use whenever they want to just feel better and, and to ground. And to, and so that's there. Um, and it's all backed in science, all the citations in science. For me, it's really important that what we're talking about here is really backed up and therefore people can understand it and there's more information from there. Um, so please go on to there and sign up to that. That would be great. And um, anybody that wishes to work with me, of course, if they um, come through the podcast and they let me know that they will listen to Bodyfall, uh, they're very welcome for a 25% discount. And I would love to work with them and, and just talk more and, and share more of this, more of this work. So awesome. And the website, um, your Instagram and LinkedIn, that will all be in the show notes as well. Um, and I want to just encourage folks to definitely get that guide. I, I have it and it is, I mean, we, everyone who does kind of online work creates these things of like, here, let me give you value so that I can have the privilege of coming into your inbox. But, you know, some of them are more, more actually valuable than others. And there's so much value in this, but it's also very digestible. Like 
not a lot of large chunks of writing that feel overwhelming and these exercises. So I highly recommend it. It's one of those things like, you know, you should be getting paid for this, but you're, you're giving it away and it's very valuable. So I encourage people to check that out. Um, and, and the website and all of the things. So thank you so much. This has been so wonderful and I, I hope to stay connected. Oh, well, thank you very much for having me. It's been really delightful. And, um, your, the, your voice is as warm as every last part of you. It's really nice to be here and thank you for this. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you feel moved to share it with someone you think would love it, that would mean so much to me. For show notes, as well as a transcription of this and previous episodes, head over to www.gaiacenter.co. That's G-A-I-A center.co. You can follow us on Instagram at The Gaia Center and follow me at Val K. Martin, V-A-L-K-A-Y Martin. You can also sign up for our monthly newsletter. Look for the link on our website where we'll share about groups and events we're offering locally in Nashville, as well as tips and resources from our therapists that we hope will be valuable and relevant wherever you may be listening from. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.